Welcome to episode 25 of Two Please. I'm your host Stephen and I'm your co-host Rohit. So, what have you been up to? So, I have flown to Goa and back for work. I think Goa for work are the saddest three words you can string together. Hmm. But uh, other than that, nothing much. And I think on that note, as as good a segue as we'll get to dive into our topic for this week. which is airplane movies and on that note cue intro i am big it's the pictures that got small I mean, so, you want to explain to people what we mean by airplane movies first. Hmm, this is a very complicated uh, question with an extremely <laughs> complicated answer. What I mean by an airplane movies, what is is basically what kind of movies do you prefer to watch when you're on the aforementioned airplane? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, I guess it's pretty straightforward when you're on an airplane, especially long haul flights, you just want to switch your brain off and watch something more people more people choose to sit and watch something that 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 may be slightly comforting i have been guilty of doing so in the past and i still continue to do to this day because i for some reason or the other seem to fly very long haul flights as and when i do fly um so any sort of comfort you, you travel from new york to bangalore i wonder why you fly long haul flights wow. yeah exactly we ponder that <laughs> Listen, people don't know where I am technically. Okay, this is I am could be anywhere. I could be in the fucking Andamans, but now that that has been ruined. So anyway, um, yeah. So I, I currently live on the east coast of America. So which is why if I ever fly back to Bangalore, it is at least a minimum sixteen-hour journey. Um, not the most fun, and I remember the first time I did it. Uh, the first time I flew to. uh to america i was i didn't really watch a lot of stuff i actually just watched basic television because i was just very jittery and on the way back because i flew in around the christmas time and one thing if you if you notice uh, i guess it's common for most places around the world like flight fares are ridiculously high highly priced during christmas this <laughs> uh Hmm. Has taken a turn. This whole conversation. No, no, I'm about to get into why. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, so yes, I tend to fly a lot of long haul flights and tend to watch a lot of movies on said long haul flights. More often than not, as as comfort food kind of movies. Because mm. if I'm flying back to the US, it's usually, I mean, it's nobody like don't I don't particularly like the experience of leaving home. Once I'm in said country, I am fine. But that whole journey. to that to get to where i have to get to makes me a little anxious cuz i never really enjoyed leaving places so i guess that's just mm-hmm. how i am so i tend to populate my uh, my my entire journey with films that either make me very happy or in some cases absolutely rile the shit out of me and we will get to said movies in a bit but uh, rohit but i also feel there is a, a second kind of movie which mm-hmm. i agree again agree with the way i see it is there are two kinds of movies at least two kinds of movies that i watch on flights one are like you said um i wouldn't say mindless movies but they're mm-hmm. light they're entertainers and the whole idea is to just kind of help you while away your time and the other sort of movies are um, very because this the other way to look at it is you're in a flight you don't have your phone you you don't have anything to distract you mm-hmm. and uh, you're sort of like a captive audience at that point mm-hmm. so whatever you're going to watch you're going to give your full attention to it so it's also a great opportunity for you to watch movies that require that sort of attention so for mm-hmm. me it's 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 like either end i'm either watching really chill movies or i'm watching really serious movies that require my attention now that you mention it i've yeah i mean we can i'll get to it because i've watched i remember I mean, it's not really a movie, I'd say, but uh, and I and I don't think I'm going to rewatch it again anytime soon. And this is once again very um, separate compared to the list that we'll eventually be talking about. I watched basically all of Chernobyl on 
uh, on a 12 hour journey um what a back, depressing flight dude yeah, oh my goodness for the time it was I, it was basically two flights and I had to transit in the middle uh, and i watched shonabil for uh, the first half of that journey and the second half of the journey i said hmm, sharp objects looks great so i watched that and that oh, was amazing. Uh, I, yeah by the time i got off the flight i just couldn't like uh, life is meaningless life is i just needed to get back i was like oh ma hi hello it's been so long and luckily for me there was a death by chocolate waiting which made everything a lot more better a uh, better at the end of uh, it all nothing but, that dbc can't solve yeah exactly all right so i i usually associate see the movies i tend to watch more frequently on flights are films that i have had a very strong association with an incident that has happened on a said flight and i am going to get into it as we discuss this but before we do do you have any honorable mentions again a movie that i i've we spoken about before but i watched it on a flight so quick mention i'm not going to get into too much detail is yesterday mm-hmm. uh, i actually watched it on a flight and uh, made that flight super enjoyable mm-hmm. uh, i think this was the flight to budapest onward flight to budapest back in 2019 mm-hmm. uh, and again the the other way to look at flights especially if you're going on a, a vacation mm-hmm. the onward flight is so happy and the return flight is always is, so sad so, mm-hmm, yeah so probably you end up watching the serious movies when you're onward because on the return flight you just want to feel good so i remember exactly. watching uh, yeah. yesterday on uh, so i i watched yesterday on the flight back from bucharest in 2019 i recall mm-hmm. and i was like okay i need to feel good and uh, yesterday played a big big part in doing that so yeah that that's an honorable mention but Uh, other than that so it's what's very convenient for me this episode is i recently went to paris and i came back from barcelona so on these two flights across these two flights i watched three movies which were an eclectic mix in themselves so uh, today's episode the list kind of was made for me and it really have to rattle my uh, rattle my brains for it mm-hmm. what about you what are your honorable my honorable mentions is uh, i have since so i i've gotten like most of us we like didn't really watch a lot of movies last year cuz the reality being what it was uh the the first time i found myself in a movie theater i made a very strong mental note that i would no longer be watching this man's films in in the theater anymore instead i'm going to choose to watch them the way he never intended me to watch them all on flights because oh my god um somebody needs to start, give this man notes and just stop him from going so far up his own ass henceforth i mean it's not an honorable mention but i am just going to watch all chris nolan movies for the first time on flights the way he didn't intend them for me to watch them because uh, i watched tenet and i know this is like us talking about airplane movies but and i suddenly diverted into me shitting on tenet but oh i have made it a point so when i when i flew back this time i watched dunkirk on the plane and said yes i enjoy it and this is how i'm going to treat chris nolan movies from now on what is the cinematic crusade you're on okay <laughs> fucking hell dude oh my god chris nolan is really trying to piss me off but yeah, on, i mean it's been knocked up peg down on yeah, uh, honorable mentions uh if i had any i would usually go um see i tend to as like much like you attend to gravitate between serious serious film and like just a straight up screwball comedy um <laughs> this, this this i know is very random and i uh, but occasionally if i'm flying back to india i watched a really like extremely run of the mill bollywood film it's a run of the mill but as commercial as it gets so the last time i flew to india especially if they, when in flight entertainment was on i watched devdas and for me that has somehow <laughs> the 2004 devdas yes the 2004 devdas starring shahrukh khan and oh my god uh, it made my flight journey all the more slow <laughs> but it was it was a hilarious experience because i was watching it and there and was, they was having alcohol on the flight of course they were and no i was watching it and there was a lady <laughs> in front a lady in front of me and she didn't seem indian she seemed from a different uh, country and she was in tears she was like 
absolutely like bawling her eyes out i'm just looking at her and i'm like okay i am i dead inside or what is happening should i be having should do and this is let me let me be honest this is the first time i've watched devdas at a stretch usually i've seen it in parts i've seen like okay 40 minutes here 40 minutes here last 20 minutes of sharukh khan dying which really should not i mean this is dev i'm not really spoiler alert sharukh khan dies in devdas and it i and i somehow i issued a spoiler alert i've issued the spoiler but it's still so difficult to watch if you've seen devdas you know what i'm talking about Uh, I mean, what is Devdas? Man, sad, drinks, dies. Exactly. <laughs> Man, sad, doesn't meet his love, decides to keep drinking and dies. But because SLB is SLB, he stretches out that death scene to the point where you're like, oh, why are we still watching this? This is this thing. I'm watching his liver turn yellow in real time. Yeah, so from... So that's another one, and so from Paro to Jack Sparrow, I watch a lot of Pirates of the Caribbean when I'm on <laughs> <laughs> when I'm on airplanes as well. Specifically, Dead Man's Chest, uh, which is uh, something um, a movie I really enjoyed when it came out, and then on repeated viewings, I'm just like, oh, okay, this is something. Uh, this is a movie I just switch my brain off and um, and just like I go along with it for the ride because it's basically set piece, set piece, set piece, set piece, mm-hmm. and Bill Nye doing his thing. So that's those are probably my two honorable mentions uh, that that come to mind. Um, the films I will be talking about, one of them is very actually I'd say two of them are very recent. and one of them is a slightly older film i wouldn't say old in the, in the sense that it's somewhere in the 60s the 70s very much a 2000s uh, genre film awesome but yeah. all of my films are the, or last year or this year that's what i think mm. the oldest is 2 years ago yeah last year yeah mm. cool so let's let's get into it what's your first movie my first movie and this is a film i usually uh, take on uh, on on departing flights is 2003's Nancy Myers the holiday so the holiday is <laughs> very straightforward very very to the point and usually i watch and whenever i take these flights they are they are around holiday dates and this is my ultimate go to flight and i know and may have shot my load a little early here but um in terms of just one the one film i look for I actively search for on airplanes is this one, and I think it's there. There's a reason why it still plays on most flights. I I I haven't done the research on this. Maybe there is there's some data to back me up, but most flights I've taken always have the holiday playing on it. And so, but anyway, a little bit of background on the holiday. If you haven't heard of it, the holiday directed directed by Nancy Myers came out in 2003. Stars Cameron Diaz, Kate Winslet, Jack Black, Jude Law, um, and it's the story of two. women who essentially swap houses so camedia is basically cuts trailers for a living kate mistred works for a publishing company and uh, they both deal with some heartbreak in their lives and uh, in in a very um, like rash and in the moment decision decide to um, do an airbnb switch before airbnb switches were cool so um, and they move houses they meet separate people and then you know so goes the story Now, I really like Nancy Myers films because uh, one, they're extremely um, fun and, and breezy to get through. Something's got to give. Starring Jack Nicholson and Dan and Dan Keaton is, in my opinion, a great film. It's complicated. is is also another really fun film. Um, the Intern, which uh, with Robert De Niro and Anne Hathaway, is also a very breezy watch. It's now being remade. into uh, remade in bollywood i think with amitabh bachchan as playing rob deniro's character and deepika padukone playing um and has his so character obvious dude who do you pick amitabh bachchan and deepika padukone so yeah dude obvious give me ashutosh rana and alia bhat that's what i would have yeah, watched something different <laughs> deepika is everywhere dude. but she hasn't done a movie in a while before not, like okay not movie maybe i'm hmm. coming more from The, at work like all of the brands she's in like levi's the most obvious places she's just doing such obvious things anyways mm. forget it I'll, i'll put my i'll shelve my deepika rant okay continue sorry we'll we'll save it for the deepika padukone episode yeah. <laughs> um but and which i shall be very protective but let's get <laughs> get, get get to that later but yes the holiday um is a extremely straightforward romantic film um 
it has probably my favorite Jack Black performance in a way, like in his most unorthodox Jack Black performance. Because because when I say unorthodox performances, usually he's a straight he's, romantic man. Yeah, he's a straight romantic dude who's playing cinema parody. So as he rolls up into uh, uh, the the cinema parody theme, as he rolls up into um, Cameron Diaz's driveway, um, then there's like. Uh, then uh, when uh, Kate Winslet is walking through a blockbuster searching for movies to watch, she hears uh, Mrs. Robinson play on the raid on the airwaves and she's bouncing around the place while Dustin Hoffman is searching through DVDs on the uh, <laughs> in the back somewhere. So it's like, it's got little nods here and there and it's, it is such a pleasant watch. Uh, Jude Law is like, such a handsome young bloke. Um, this is when he still had hair, and I mean, I still he think I, I still think he carries off the bald look. Well, it is Jude Law after all. Um, I didn't let a bald Jude Law beg me. Okay, please mm-hmm. don't put that line in. I'm definitely putting it in. <laughs> <laughs> I need to stop doing these things for shock value, man. Okay, sorry. <laughs> make make pegging cool again. I mean, I have pegging. Isn't <laughs> Let's keep. Mm. Uh, that's it's, fine. I mean, hey guys, whatever, whatever floats your boat, I guess. Hmm. I mean, Deadpool did it, so why, why can't we talk about it? <laughs> anyway, but yeah, uh, um, sexual preferences aside, uh, I would still say who the 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 holiday is my is one of my most go to films of when I'm traveling. I just jump in two hours, watch a film for two hours, probably knock off for another. Uh, four and then jump back into something else but okay um yeah the holiday is my, is my first what's yours okay so i'm again i'm going to be lazy i'm just going to talk about the movies in chronological order so the okay. movie i watched on my flight to paris was so onward flight i was smart i wanted to get sleep i only watched one movie the rest mm-hmm. of it i slept return flight i stayed up and watched two movies and i regretted mm-hmm. it but anyways mm-hmm. my onward movie was uh, a quiet place part two Mm. Um, so when I was just browsing through, I was like, cool, there's something I'd wanted to watch. And I think because of the whole COVID thing, uh, it never really found a wide enough release in India. Mm. And I mean, even if it had, I don't think I'd have watched it in theaters, whatever reviews and ratings I'd seen, it seemed like the second movie lived up in quality to the first one. Mm. And, uh, for the most part, it does what really worked for the first movie is how sparse the world and the narrative is the story isn't really very expansive. Mm. It's it's at the end of, at the heart of it, it is a story about parenting. Mm. Is what I feel the first movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, surely the, I mean, definitely the world they built is very interesting. The creatures they built, they portrayed are very interesting, but at the heart of it, it's a, it's a parenting movie. Mm-hmm. And, um, the flip side of that is while it's very intriguing, there's only so much you can, you can't really milk them for sequels. Uh-huh. Uh, the first movie for I mean, spoiler alert the first movie for those of you watched ended with um, the somebody dying by, yeah, somebody some... dying and the M- M- Emily Blunt is at a very it's like a sort of cliffhanger situation hmm. there is a prologue uh, at at the start of the movie which talks about which shows you how events were before the whole thing this whole Mm-hmm. alien invasion started and it shows you that moment of the alien invasion and so it's a very nice uh, prologue to the movie interesting and then the movie itself the mo- uh, the movie per se starts pretty much from the moment that the first one ends and uh, then on obviously there's a sort of logical progression to where the movie would go even in my mind mm-hmm. uh, a new character that's introduced here is uh, Cillian Murphy who plays mm-hmm. I forgot the uh, I forgot the name, but uh, mm. the character's name. He plays a friend of the family, uh, and in their journey to to safety, to find safety in in this world, uh, he comes along and helps them in the journey. And he he's an out. I mean, you you find him to be a conflicted character with his own story of loss and and uh, coming to terms with all of that. So. Uh, He's a fairly layered and complicated character and how he chooses to help the family is, is a, uh, an interesting track for the story to take. One bit I was uh, disappointed with in the movie was 
them having resorted to the trope of oh there is the safe haven somewhere out there of course and, yeah and uh, mm. we need to make it to that safe haven mm. with logan i i understand that yeah i understand that in that universe there's only so many outs narrative outs to a happy ending but i expected i was like maybe they won't do it but they did but then again it's it's not they okay without giving away too many too many spoilers they do something interesting with it okay it's not just oh it's a happy ever after ending and uh, so at least they kind of in my in my eyes in my eyes redeemed themselves uh, for having resorted to that trope but um, all in all a fun watch i don't think it is as good as the first movie but that is more because the first movie had that novelty around it which is in hindsight now i realize the novelty was a big factor in us enjoying the movie mm-hmm. when you watch the similar premise for the second time it sort of loses some of that charm which mm-hmm. i mean you can't really fault the movie for it's a sequel at the end of the day so nice movie i would i would definitely recommend anyone who's enjoyed the first movie to absolutely give this a watch mm-hmm. uh, but yeah it it's more of the same they haven't really like uh, gone on the beaten path for better or worse in this it's more of the same mm-hmm. so i haven't really seen part 2 i remember watching part 1 and i think the, the movie, it's funny because a quiet place the first film is it uh like what's its biggest usp is the fact that you have to watch it in a movie theater exactly so yeah it is a film because it's the collective tension that elevates the film from good to i would say it is weird. the archetypical like this is the film to watch in a movie theater yeah because it's just i mean first of all you have to maintain silence when you're watching a movie right yeah like the un, the unwritten rule this is a movie that first of all is very quiet and very Uh, silence plays is is a character in the film like on yeah. most of the names anyone and it's i equated to slowly turning in this slowly turning a screw which is about to snap like you're you're just like screwing and then eventually there would there comes the snap and then boom everything just scatters and a quiet place is is great at that it's like a slow burn horror thriller uh which i really enjoyed when it came out and i haven't seen part 2 because one it was supposed to come out i remember specifically walking down um the street and seeing a huge poster of it smack bang in the middle of the pandemic very eerie moments in my in my life especially in the last year it uh, was so more had, a description of the place that yeah it was i said i remember putting it up on my instagram saying we are all living in a quiet place <laughs> yeah i remember putting it up on my uh, instagram saying we are all living in a quiet place now <laughs> uh, so it's just uh, I haven't seen it as a movie. I know it, it was streaming on Paramount. I mean, Paramount has the rights, unfortunately, for it here. Um, but um, and I know it's streaming here as a film. I maybe I'll watch when I get together with with some friends and probably make it as much of a movie going experience as possible. So um, that is something I still have to watch. So the my second movie was the first thing I watched on my return flight back from Barcelona. Hmm. and i wanted to get it get on to something a little feel good because return flights on vacations are generally bummers and you're like fuck i'd go back to work go back life. yeah and, and the mund- and the mundanity of it all yeah so i decided to watch this movie again something i'd i'd heard a lot about uh, something i'd heard great great reviews of i'd read great reviews of and heard great things about so uh, so i'm talking about the 2020 Uh, rom-com uh, Palm Springs and um, mm. for those of you who not watched a quick recap uh, Palm Springs is about it stars Adam Sandler and it's about this guy his name is Miles yeah it's about this guy who is attending he's a guest who is a guest at a wedding uh, that's being uh, held at this place called Palm Springs and it's it's like a, i mean this is not much of a spoiler this is something you get to know even if you watch the trailer it's sort of like a groundhog day situation where it seems mm-hmm. like miles is reliving the day again and again and again and kristen miliotti is she's a, she's the sister of the bride and then things happen obviously it's a romcom uh, again it's not like then then there's any spoilers here but uh, obviously in these time loop situations try as you may you will eventually get a little philosophical because it's it's all about the repetition and what is the meaning of life the banality of life and 
stuff like that this is where i feel palm springs does a really good job andy samberg does a, does a great job of sort of portraying the ennui of somebody who is stuck in a time loop and is aware of it uh, it sort of triggered this thought in me about how i mean this is not something that's a new thought but uh, reminded me of how immortality in a way would be a sort of curse because what is immortality if not a, sort of a perennial time loop where you see everyone around you you're either stuck doing the same things again and again or you see people who you love left behind and the common factor here being you are not able to form relationships that can develop either they reset or you develop and they those people pass away and all of these they have these discussions so kristen and him so obviously as in the course of the movie she also realizes what the situation is and they have these conversations and i for me those were the best parts of the movie because obviously it's a rom-com they're going to get together at the end so it's not a question of do they it's, it's a question of how they get there mm-hmm. and in the course of that journey the sort of conversations they have were surprisingly intelligent this is a very intelligent film it it, it might be a rom-com but it's got mm-hmm. a very cerebral core to it i and, really uh, enjoyed watching this and when it came out it was uh, again in the middle of the pandemic so um quite uh, a, a very fun film like it's, it's exciting at the same time yeah, and that that's just the last point i wanted to make while it's being an intelligent film that does not mean it's boring it continues exactly. to be funny throughout mm, yeah very sharp writing I'm, i'm not sure who wrote and who directed it but um the two the, the lead pair do a lot of heavy, do a lot of the heavy lifting uh, and really f- nice time loop film for you to check out So I know the groundhog day uh, trope has been done to death and I yeah. believe me this is a refreshing take and it also yeah. has JK Simmons in it who is a fucking baller in the movie I mean mm. that guy is the dude in this film what mm. a what a role what a I mean I would never have I don't know I mean in hindsight I'm not surprised he could pull it off but I would never have pictured him playing that role mm-hmm. like I would have thought somebody like a Danny McBride a slightly older Danny McBride sort of uh person for that role but JK Simmons knocks it out of the park. Nice. Uh, this is um maybe I'll go watch it again. It's been a while. I mean, I mean, I see I saw it when it first came out. I remember feeling particularly mm-hmm. nice about it. But yeah, that's something uh, if you haven't checked out you should check out I assume Palm Springs is Absolutely. on Absolutely highly on, recommend on most streaming platforms or uh, it should be available wherever you are. Uh okay, so we'll get into my second film. My second film mm. was possibly the biggest phenomenon of 2018. Um I was it was a movie I didn't catch in theaters but I remember it um, like catching the world the world I mean basically destroying box office collections and um get, garnering very high critical praise uh, when it when it dropped I'm of course talking about um 2018's Crazy Rich Asians um starring oh. uh, Constance Wu uh, Michelle Yeoh Henry Golding uh, to name a few uh, Gemma Chan who, who is now exploded and yeah. a, lot, a lot of people don't know but Gemma Chan has a very small but prominent part in 2011 Sherlock uh, not the movie I'm talking about the TV series um, she is the in the second episode of the first se- of the first season she's the the lady who um who makes the the pots the the teapot collection uh, ah yes mm, Yeah, the, the, I forget what what story it's based on, but uh, for those of you who remember the second episode of uh, which involves the triads, um, mm. yeah. So uh, she's a, a big she plays a slight quite a prominent role, and she's been around for a while. But uh, I think this was the movie that put her into the main spotlight, and then now, of course, she's in the Eternals, which she is. very much the heart and soul of yeah so but crazy decisions chama chan crazy decisions yeah uh very straightforward film um yeah. girl dates boy turns out boy is very loaded uh boy's mother is uh suspect suspicious of um of girl doesn't approve the family doesn't approve because they think they she won't um you know like fit into their ways she doesn't come from wealth and so and then everyone suspects that she's some sort of a gold digger and i mean you know you know the drama uh he's like the heir to some massive uh you know, fortune in in singapore 
It's just it is like the ultimate sit down. It's the most Bollywood, a Bollywood exactly film. right. Yeah, so when when Hollywood was like, oh, what a story! Wow, yeah. we have never seen it. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, it's a movie. Our Bollywood. So it's literally like every Bollywood movie you've possibly seen. And I'm like, okay, let's let's. And which is why I, I enjoy it so much because I'm like, ah, okay, this is this extremely formulaic. Yeah, you have the whole mother-daughter-in-law confrontation. Old wine, new bottle. <laughs> exactly. It's just, and I, and I remember watching it and being like, ah, dude, I mean, I can see why people are so like taken uh, in by this, but I'm like, this, this offers nothing new, but. I'd say this is probably the most current Johar-esque Hollywood film I've ever seen. That is the best. That should have been on the poster. That yeah, is the description. Current Johar is like, should have been like, I'm suing for plagiarism is what it really should have said on the poster. Uh, because usually Bollywood has been notorious for missing films of Hollywood films. But this this time it was the other way around. Uh, I just, it's, it, it, is a, it is a blast. It is like, if you need to watch something that's under 90 minutes, uh, while you're Peak having a escapist cinema, <laughs> exactly. It's like it is pure. It is such such fun, and um, I mean, it, it, if anything, it makes us feel like oh, the East is just basically one big happy family, <laughs> all going through the same kind of shit, the same sort of elitist problems. Yeah. It's just like it's we're all cut from the same cloth. And I know, and I said this. I mean, this is fine. This was probably the first eye-opening experience for for those of us who hadn't really been exposed to that side of the film. The the kicker was when Parasite deb- uh, released in India. And everyone was like, "Huh, <laughs> so what?" <laughs> and, and I, I remember watching Parasite and going, "Oh, this movie. I know it's Korean. It's going. It's set in a very Korean. Um, uh, it talks about class systems in in Korea, right?" And then, as like there are certain scenes that 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 highlight that come to mind where uh, the woman keeps talking about the driver's smell about like the yeah. Yeah, yeah. and that is something I have seen very up close and personal in my own like community in, in India and I was like oh this is an Indian problem that's an Indian problem it felt no, even, even with the whole uh, in Parasite when they show they juxtapose how the rich live versus the poor I was like poor bro it, in when I was in Bombay doing my MBA I stayed in Bombay Central I could see Antilla from my house and in between was a slum area. I'm like, who are you preaching? You're preaching to the choir here, bro. That was my daily, like night view before I went to sleep. Slum, Antilla, go to sleep. (laughs) Oh yeah, for for those of you who don't know, Antilla is Mukesh Ambani's uh, rather palatial uh, household, which... It's an entire building. What's an entire... It's an entire building. It's a skyscraper. It's an eyesore. (sighs) Okay, I mean, probably not everyone's favorite by design choices but also eh, it is the Ambani so I don't think they particularly care um, but have you, so have you seen so have you seen crazy so coming back from the Ambani's to crazy rotations yes. <laughs> <laughs> so have you seen it I I did I think uh, yeah Poonam and I watched it in uh, theaters hmm. again I don't think there's a sort of movie where it matters where you watch it the the- it's a, it's a escapist it's escapist fair theaters make it fun but it you're, you're equally okay watching it on a phone or it's not a visual spectacle in that sense it's not a cinematographic treat or anything and um, I think for Indians especially or Asians I would say because like you said this cultural thread is common across Asia not just India about the whole family being first and mm. um Parampara beta. Parampara. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> I mean, it is K3G. The fucking movie is K3G, dude. Yeah, basically, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now that so, you're it, it is K3G. It's, it's just hitting me, dude. Yeah, it's, oh, it is literally Constance like sunlight. Yeah. yeah, oh my God. Mm. So, um, but anyways. Um, so, for Asians, I'm sure that whole thread is not something that's a revelation. So, I, I did not find my attention being, you know, drawn to it or I wasn't, a, uh, so I could pay more, I could focus my attention more on just the, the escapist, the, the, the crazy part of it. So I was like, huh, that bit I know, I, like, I don't have to pay attention. I know what she's going to say next also. Something, there will be some Ajji who is like, and then I saw the Ajji, I'm like, Ajji is there, of course Ajji is there. Ajji is going to be like, no, this girl cannot enter my household because rules. <laughs> okay, cool. I know how all that will play out. Let me focus on the crazy parties these guys are throwing because 
that is the aspiration aspect for aspirations so uh which all of that is fun it's a like you said fairly straightforward movie it's a fair, it's a very fun one time watch but given that you already kind of can predict half the movie to me at least it doesn't have great rewatch value maybe i'll watch those parts of the few humorous parts and the crazy mm-hmm. uh shit that happens i forgot the the indonesian stand up guy who's in the movie who plays one of his cousins it's a very yeah, small role ronnie ching ronnie ching Hmm. who plays cousin eddie who plays hmm. this super rich cousin eddie ronnie ching i really love ronnie ching he's damn funny so hmm. so there are there is a lot of colorful characters and i think aquafina also in the movie she plays yeah again she plays uh, this new money uh, character uh, like aquafina like, you know, I'll, I'll give i'll give aquafina uh, this that she has range because i watched her and i initially thought aquafina is just this loud rambunctious character all the bloody time and then i watched the farewell which she is amazing in it and like the farewell is is once again it is the complete opposite of crazy jesus where it doesn't it focuses purely on the family aspect of the east and more so on the stubbornness of of what mm-hmm. of families in the east and just how they feel and how that clashes with somebody who's brought up in the west is like okay this this makes no sense why are you doing what you are doing and they are just like you don't understand this is how it has always been customs dictate that we do this and yeah parampara beta so but um, and then again she's also uh, really nice uh, really nice in in shangshi as well right? which is a film i just yeah. very recently watched but yeah uh, what is your that's my second film what's your third mm. so yeah so my third film going from crazy rotation we're going to take a dark turn mm. uh, my third film is the 2020 movie last year's for which Anthony Hopkins won the best picture Oscar which is mm. the father. Mm. Uh again brief synopsis the father is about uh Anthony Hopkins's character who's a 70 something um living who starts off the movie living on his own um and then we we are it, it's revealed to the audience that he's suffering from dementia and uh then he, as the movie progresses he, he starts living with his daughter who's played by Olivia Colman and uh, the rest of the movie again narratively it's not like much happens but and the movie story for obvious reasons is i don't know i don't know if this is the right adjective but it's non linear and uh, it is fucking terrifying the movie yeah the strangest about it is the father is a horror movie it is uh, it's not i mean it, I, it's not a conventional horror film as in there's no scares but it is a stark <laughs> a uh, depiction of what reality is going to be for some of us i feel the way like like how life is just that i think we all know somebody in, especially in our families or someone you know even in our extended families who's currently going through dementia i know someone who is going through dementia uh and um, i remember watching the father the father is a film i haven't finished because i just couldn't bring myself to watch it because i started watching it in uh smack bang in the middle of the second wave and this was at the time i was talking to you about mm. discovering another um uh, another piece of media called everywhere at the end of time uh which mm. is a six hour long uh, concept album by this uh, electronic artist known as the caretaker so for those of you who aren't familiar with it everywhere at the end of time is told through is a story it's basically ambient music that is ambient ballroom music that is broken down into six different stages and each stage is supposed to depict a certain a certain phase of dementia um, um the caretaker is 48 years old at 42 he was diagnosed with early onset dementia and i think that was probably going to be his last piece of work i highly recommend everywhere at the end of time it is an absolutely amazing and yet an absolutely terrifying experience it is uh the the first like in the first stage you're like okay this it's it's all rosy it's very nostalgic and you are in for the ride but there's something off and with every passing stage it gets progressively worse and then i remember watching the father and the first 20 minutes of the father is like sets the tone for what's about to happen because it puts you in the shoes actually i don't know what exactly. to say more so without giving away too much or without It's not the first film about dementia but I have not seen any movie on the subject which makes it which makes the experience as personal as this. 
Hmm. And it's Anthony Hopkins. I remember there were a lot of people complain that Anthony Hopkins shouldn't have won Best Actor at the Oscars. I hadn't seen The Father by then. I watched The Father and I was like, oh, listen. <laughs> that who man. Was, who was supposed to? I, I recall uh, all the chatter was for somebody else. Uh, was for uh, Chadwick Boseman. Uh, for Marini's, Chadwick that, Boseman. Chad I haven't seen they, the movie, so I can't yeah, comment. Um, yeah. And I don't want to be cynical and say maybe it was because he passed away. Because mm. Chadwick Boseman, in in his own right, has a great. This is a, is a great actor. I think the, the, if you've seen the Five Bloods, which is an okay film, uh, and he was film, really, he was good in it. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, Delroy Lindo, and if anyone should have been nominated, it should have been Delroy Lindo because he's really good in that movie. Mm. So I haven't watched uh, Marini's Black Bottom. So like I said, I can't really comment on Chadwick Boseman's performance. Hmm. But there are two scenes, at least for me, two scenes that stand out. When I watched that, I was like, yeah, I mean, of course he hmm. won the Oscar. Hmm. This one is Anthony Hopkins, of course, yeah. Yeah, hmm. somewhere around the half an hour mark. And there's the scene at the end. Mm. where you oh man like just thinking about it is giving me goosebumps now it mm. it it shows the helplessness of um, what dementia does to you and it to to say the phrase it reduces to a, to you to a child oh man the way he just you haven't watched the end i haven't seen it i i am i, 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 I need to like heart wrenching mm. it's something i have to i have to finish watching i remember Uh, a friend of mine mentioned that he was the last time he saw in the theater was was the father and he was completely distraught by it um it seems to be a, oh, a I, movie i was like i was in i was in a flight and i was like i was wailing but i was crying hmm like just, nobody should be in that situation nobody it's just it's a, the funny thing is also like you know um like it's coming Oh, some of us are going to get it like if it's if it's yeah. in your family yeah it's, it's, and then there is no cure like if there is stuff yeah. like dementia parkinson's alzheimer's there is no cure, no cure I mean, yeah. it's a freight train that's going to fuck you that's it it's just uh, it's like and then i i read this thing about cuz after i i've been i listened to everywhere at the end of time i went back to um there's on reddit threads like talking and people were discussing what is happening and they say uh, you know what experiences with this were like and uh, most of them mentioned that when people with dementia eventually pass away the last thing they remember the last thing that goes is the tune of their favorite song and when they forget oh, that no. that's when they when they can't remember that uh that is that's a week later a week or maybe two later two weeks later they they're gone um so that is and that really stuck oh, with me mm. wow oh man that's wow. this is yeah <laughs> this is this Just is i apologize before we yeah. I, i i really don't want to talk more about this subject because mm. it weighs on you but a quick yeah. note uh, or a quick shout out olivia colman is a fantastic actress like she's oh man I I watched her in the favorite which is what she won for yeah. the favorite is a is a is, is a Yorgos Lanthimos film it's like let's just put it that way <laughs> let's put it just put it that way yeah, yeah. it's a Yorgos Lanthimos experience film. yeah this is by miles oh man her best performance oof she matches anthony hopkins she, i would put her her performance at par with her i i don't know why she didn't win i don't know i don't remember who won uh, i just wanted to put that out there but anyway yeah hmm okay so what's that was, your what's your third hmm. movie the th- my third movie is is slightly a lot i would say a lot more um how do you call upbeat than 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 your third it is a movie that i remember when it came out wasn't very well received yeah. but has gone on to develop to develop some sort of a cult following uh i am talking about i think 2013 2013's uh the secret life of walter mitty a movie yeah. i uh, i continuously watch even it's not so much of an airplane movie now that i'm think about it that's a movie that whenever it's playing i sit down and watch it um yeah. and more so on it plays a lot on aircrafts uh, it is a movie about traveling and yeah. uh, it, it is a movie about one man who is confined to the mundanity of uh, of of his daily life eventually realizes that a um a, like the negative for a, for a particular picture that is going to be featured on the magazine of of life the life the magazine is missing and 
he sets off on a journey to go find the photographer to ask him where the uh, where, where the film is and that's the story right so so the secret life of walter mitty is a is an old short story written by james thurber if i am not mistaken it's about a man who who uh, daydreams fantastical scenarios where whereas in real life he lives a very mundane existence i think the movie pretty much only capture the short story is really short i mean there's mm, not yeah i read it in school yeah so so what they've done is they've taken the essence of that of a man living a mundane life who dreams of doing something way out and from there they build this story about the negative and then him going out mm. on going out on a limb is an understatement here he, mm. he he goes all out to he lives the life that he he has always dreamt of mm. goes on these adventures and in fact like like you said at the time of release and i watched this in theaters as well mm. like randomly on a whim mm. and i really enjoyed it when and when i saw the reviews i'm like okay it's it's not path breaking but why would you not like it mm-hmm. like this is a sort of movie that i don't know if you get what i mean would have a, an 80% on rotten tomatoes maybe have a 60 on metacritic yeah you exactly. get what i mean but it, yeah, it's huh. not going to win awards but it's going to please everyone yeah i think it it's has somewhere around and, a 50 if i'm not mistaken some like it's in the mid 50s which is very surprising mm. and 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 i remember watching and, it going hmm this is okay this is i mean it's probably not got a lot of substance it's pretty straight it's pretty straightforward in terms of what is trying to achieve the two particular uh, sequences that both revolve around songs one is of course lucky pause and the other is is uh, kristen wig uh, singing space oddity in a bar somewhere in the middle of iceland uh, that's it's just um both of them one of course one is where ben stiller is skateboarding down um uh, a, 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 an empty road in iceland um, which is also how i uh, because it's because of this movie that i discovered jose gonzales uh, oh far away yeah. song is the song it mm. uh, far away is by jose gonzales and i i love him so that's another thing i have this movie to thank for It's great music in the movie. Great music and this Sean Penn in a in a cameo there's um yeah, Adam Scott um yeah, yeah, Adam like Scott playing a dick. Dick yeah. Yeah, and does it well. Yeah. I I really Gold Snow Leopard sequence. Yeah. I mean I, I 5 years after that or 6 years after that I myself happened to go to Ladakh and see Snow Leopards and oh, really? inevitably so cool. yeah yeah mm. and inevitably when I did I I did remember this movie i was like wow it's damn nice uh, uh-huh. yeah I, i think the movie is really nice very pleasant watch it's a very pleasant watch and i think on a flight it's great cinematography great mm-hmm. cinematography as well a lot of fancy locations interesting locations that it goes it just and it just you know like hammers the one thing i'd say it hammers down the point is like live your life i mean sure mm-hmm. we've all got responsibilities and i know this is coming off the back of like i mean there's a weird double header that you spoke of the father and i spoke of the secret life of walter mitty <laughs> it just proves that the one common trait that probably um line that connects these two films is that time is of the essence time is short today i am a 30 year old you are a 30 year old we have somehow managed 10 years ago, yesterday i was sitting in a movie theater watching prince it show time with you like yeah and it feels like in the last the last 10 years it just shot by and more so i mean my folks also are like i can't believe we are considered to be senior citizens now so you where is this weird fun, uh, junction in our life where we're growing old and we're looking at our parents and they're rapidly growing old mm-hmm. uh, and so we don't really have a, a lot of time time is is really of the essence to so live your life if anything take that jump on a plane go some place i know the last year has been not been the most conducive uh to travel and i know people are still skeptical about going to places but just do it like live whatever time you have use it and just when you eventually do settle down and your bones get all rickety at least you will have no regrets yeah yeah i think that's one that's the message of the movie and that's something worth taking away from it yeah get on a flight book, book a ticket nice, book a nice, ticket go someplace nice, yeah <laughs> nice uh, happy way to end the episode when the whole father discussion had really bummed me out so <laughs> good recovery yeah just like come on guys i mean i hope none of you ever have to suffer the peril and the pitfalls of dementia 
but i just hope you are able to like go someplace like if one person has listened to this episode and booked a ticket a bus ticket a flight ticket or even a train even like you've just biked down to some place you think or you thought you were wasn't worth biking down to whatever you've if you've done that i think we've done our job like i know this yeah. is the whole idea of Hey, I, I almost had plain films and yeah, exactly. And... Yeah, so exactly. That's basically what it was, right? I mean, I want like travel. Who knows? Jilo kushraho kya pata? Kalo na. Yeah. So, a quick shout out for those of you who, whenever the episode comes out, and it's likely going to be titled something like airplane movies. Really sorry that we spent no time discussing the movie airplane. Which of course, sir. we will we will dissect in detail uh, in a in a more relevant episode. The airplane movie is is not. I would not watch it. I watch it on on a regular day. I watch it. I I, I mean, obviously, it is definitely an an airplane movie. But at the same time, I absolutely adore it. Maybe in like our favorite comedies episode, that's it. It should make absolutely. it appearance. It will feature there. Yeah, that that's us. We'll see you on the next one. Take care. This one goes out to Walter Mitty. He knows why. Ground control to Major Tom. Ground control to Major Tom. Take your protein pills and put your helmet on Stars look very different